Today is Wednesday, September the 6th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. Well, the summer break is over for U.S. Congress members, and already Republicans are talking about impeaching President Joe Biden upon their return to D.C. New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney spoke on Newsmax saying it's got to be done. We must impeach President Biden. We can do the inquiry, put all the evidence together. The evidence is there in plain sight, as I've said over and over. If we don't impeach Biden, we could stand to lose uh, this next coming up, upcoming election and never take back our country and lose what we have as a constitution, self-governance and freedom. I think it's essential that we get together as Republicans. We've passed other difficult issues. I think once all the, the evidence comes out, I don't think enough senators uh, are going to be able to hide behind uh, what's going to come out as evidence against Joe Biden uh, through his proxy, his son, Hunter. Uh, let's hope that Chuck Schumer uh, allows this to come to the floor in the Senate once we pass it in the House. Meanwhile, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee has already started out this week with issuing subpoenas to the Department of Homeland Security and the U.S. Secret Service. This involves claims from whistleblowers that both agencies sought to block any criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. Chairman James Comer says the Department of Justice was the first to initiate the Biden family cover-up, with DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas joining in and becoming complicit as well. The subpoenas are to compel Mayorkas to hand over documents and communications related to the Biden transition team back in 2021 and how they were advised about an investigation already underway into Hunter Biden's foreign business deals and tax evasion. The director of the Secret Service, Kimberly Cheadle, is also required to provide similar documents. Former President Donald Trump has responded to a question about the COVID-19 vaccines that were released shortly after he left the White House. The COVID-19 vaccines were all part of Trump's Operation Warp Speed initiative to get ahead of the COVID-19 virus. Trump responded to Tudor Dixon on her podcast out of Michigan on information regarding the side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine. So that we can see what they're actually seeing about the side effects of this vaccine. Well, they should do that. You know, we're all in this together and they should be doing that. Anything new has got to be looked at very carefully. But they should be doing that if they have facts. I mean, the facts are public. They should be made public immediately. People should understand that and they should they should know what research is, is showing and what fact finding is. You know, this is now after the case. And do you believe that we should be starting a new vaccine at this yeah, point? They have to let look, they have to be honest with the numbers, the facts. They, they have an obligation to be honest. And if they are going to hold back, that means they're holding back something that's not good. And they have to any information, they have to release it. Well, there are some strange times in Texas these days as the state legislature there is beginning impeachment hearings against their most conservative attorney general, Ken Paxton. Paxton has been willing to challenge the Biden administration for government overreach in several areas, including during the COVID-19 crisis. The Texas Senate opened an impeachment trial against Paxton after the Texas House voted to proceed with impeachment before the summer break. The vote for that impeachment comes after Paxton accused the Speaker of the House, Dade Phelan, of being drunk while conducting business within the Capitol building. Paxton called on Phelan to resign for leading the State House with debilitating intoxication. The impeachment charges against Paxton include bribery charges, unfitness for office, and abuse of the public's trust. The Senate will need a two-thirds vote to remove Paxton from office. Paxton says the actions of the Texas House were illegal and unethical, and he hopes for a swift resolution in the Texas Senate. And Florida Senator Marco Rubio has released a 40-page report this week that reveals the decrease in male labor within the U.S. workforce, with many of the 7 million able-bodied men dropping out of the job search entirely and sitting on the sidelines. The report by Rubio is called 
the state of the working and non-working man. Rubio lists multiple reasons for this growing problem, from deindustrialization to the rise of the service economy, welfare and disability traps, and mass immigration. That last category has been supported recently by job statistics from the U.S. Department of Labor showing a million U.S.-born citizens losing their jobs or leaving their jobs this past summer with 700,000 foreign-born workers getting jobs and stepping into that role at the very same time. These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. There was a telethon conducted all day this past Tuesday to help with Republican electors in the state of Michigan who are now facing criminal charges from the Democrat State Attorney General, Dana Nessel, for joining an alternate slate of electors during the 2020 presidential election challenges. There were many voters within Michigan who were seeking to challenge the election results through their state legislature. However, when that did not happen, the alternate slate of electors were created to challenge it in Congress on January 6, 2021. This was also done in other swing states. So this telethon was held to raise $120,000 that would help 15 of the electors with their legal fees in defending their case. The 16th defendant is 73-year-old Michelle Lundgren, who's now working with a public defender for her defense. Both Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote took part in hosting a portion of this telethon in order to call on Americans for donations for this cause. There were others who took part in this event who were from Michigan and were on the ground in 2020 during the presidential election in that state. In the past three years, there's been a multitude of voter discrepancies, irregularities, and outright fraud that has come to light in that particular state when it comes to the 2020 presidential election. The newly elected Michigan Republican Party chairwoman is Christina Caramo. She was elected to that position this year. She reminded voters of how the stakes are very high when it comes to this lawfare launched against the 16 electors. To talk to the audience and tell them why they need to donate and why this matters. Because it could be you. And you know, you, you, there are so many times throughout history we've seen innocent people targeted by their government. And too often we sit back and we go, that's terrible. That's horrible, but we do nothing about it. We have an obligation to help these individuals because if we don't stop this now, it's only going to get worse. And I'm also going to not only ask you to please make sure that you go and you contribute to these individuals' legal defense, but I'm also going to ask that you talk to your friends and neighbors about this as well. We need more people to be aware of what's going on. There is strength in numbers. So I'm asking you, many of us can spare with any amount, $100, $10, please help these individuals. They're innocent people who are being targeted, they're grandparents. Some of these people are probably on a fixed income and they're being targeted by our government for fighting for your rights. So let's make sure that we're helping them out. 
And when it comes to electors in the swing states that had a lot of voting fraud documentation following the 2020 election, there is a lawsuit document worth reading that was filed against Vice President Mike Pence, as well as the U.S. House and Senate, and all the governors of swing states such as Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, and those states' legislative leaders. These defendants were named for not allowing state legislators to call a special session and thoroughly investigate the various claims of voter fraud coming within counties and other election officials and constituents. The plaintiffs in this case argued that the state legislative bodies had abrogated their responsibilities through improper delegation of their authority to those who had now become a cabal of state and local executives partnering with private interests to undermine state statutes and plans that were designed to protect the integrity of the elections. In the document, there is a reference to Michigan State Attorney General Dana Nessel and the threats that she issued to Republicans in that state, referring to them as domestic terrorists for challenging the election results, and even posting on social media messages like, we are looking for you, we will find you, and you will be held accountable. Nessel continued to threaten state lawmakers with criminal prosecution of bribery, conspiracy, and perjury if they voiced concerns over the election outcomes. This is all a very fascinating legal read. The document can be found on the Open Inc. website by going to open.inc, hitting the documents link in the upper right-hand corner, then typing in the search bar WVA v Pence. Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. update. Mm-hmm.